0: Come on, let's give a hand. cup of thanksgiving unto the Lord this morning. For His goodness, His presence, His concerned about each and every one of us. Hallelujah. You're assured of by the Word of God, if He's seen the spiral, He sees each one of us, where we're at, what we're battling with, the struggles. He's in this miracle business. He's in the saving business. He's in the delivering business. God bless you. You may be seated. and we'll let our classes go back. We're going to dig into our lesson a little while it's so good to see you and your wife with us this morning. God bless you. It's good to see you. Amen. It's good to see all all of you here today to worship the Lord and to feel His sweet presence and touch in our lives. Hallelujah. It's good to see, amen, each one of you. Good to see everybody's done so well. Hallelujah. We've had two storms this week. (laughs) Hallelujah. One in the natural and one in the the other. (laughs) Hallelujah. But uh, God knows all about that. He's going to work all of that out. I, mean, I, don't, I don't depend on that anyway. I don't depend on the White House. I pray for them. I have an obligation, responsibility as a Christian. Amen. we we'll are gonna pray. Amen. Don't matter who winds up in the office. I'm going to pray. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to pray for them. I pray that they'll do what God wants them to do. And those that's around in the teams and whatever. Amen. Uh, my, my biggest prayer is God help us not to go in a direction that would cause God had to turn his face from America. Amen. That's my biggest concern. And uh, so we'll pray that man in that situation. Hallelujah. But it's good to see each one of you here today. We love God and worship the Lord and feel his presence in his house in our lives. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, he wants to be. Don't kid yourself. God wants to be a part of your life. Amen. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm glad he's allowed me to be a part of this kingdom. How about you? Part of this church. Amen. Part of this. And uh, we thank God for it. Uh, I don't know how you've been praying. I don't even know. I hadn't even. I not asked. Uh, I know people keep telling me about another storm out there. I ain't even checked on it. Not checking on it. I'm asking God, drive it in the sea. Amen. Drive it. He could drive it in the water. Right Whirlwinds. I'm going to study that out. Amen. I am. I'm going to study that out. Praise God. I think there's a lot more there than we, we want to admit sometimes. And Hallelujah. It's a lot easier to say, well, God had his way and God's will. Well, I'm going to more trouble here. Praise God. But it's good to be served the Lord. It got a good lesson. Read your lesson. Good lesson. Burden of Nehemiah. Hey, it gives us a little different outlook about burden, doesn't it? Look, most of the time when we hear that term burden, we think of it as something that's burdening us down like the burden beast, you know. It's born he and he's about to break his back and you know, not a whole lot of joy in it, a whole lot of pleasure in it, things of that nature. But uh, uh, as you look at it, the term today in our lesson with Nehemiah, it, it gives us a little different uh, outlook on and how to respond to it and how to even handle it. Amen. And handle it the way God wants us to handle it. Uh, he never has called upon any of us to do something for him or his kingdom, amen, that he would not equip us and help us to uh, accomplish that, achieve that. Let me say this right along with that. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to say that you you, that you was the best at that call or that election, because there's a lot of people, a lot of opinions, and a lot of devils, <laughs> amen, that, that will constantly come against uh, us as individuals sometimes, and Question that, but the, the main thing is to please the Lord. If He called you and equipped you and you please Him, regardless if that's a 30, 60, 100, whatever that might be, and that's your best, and you know, and to please the Lord with that servanthood of bearing that burden, responding unto it, taking action toward it, and accomplishing what He sent you out to accomplish. Now, He did not ever put a burden on us for us to accomplish by ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. He even sent angels to minister to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so he'll do the same thing for you and I. Thank God he gave us the Holy Ghost. Amen. The greatest comforter there is is the Holy Ghost. It comforts you, guides you, leads you into all truth. So we thank God for the Holy Ghost today. Uh, We couldn't handle life and respond to life. And life's hard. Life's difficult. And as time goes on, it seems to even get worse. But uh, you know what? Thank God the scriptures taught us that greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. It's not about me. It's not about me being successful. It's not about any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm on the winning side regardless of what it looks like. Amen. I if you're a follower, disciple of Jesus Christ, he said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. I've gone to a fair place. And if I'm going to prepare a fair place, I'm coming back. Amen. So, you know, we're going to win. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where our bank accounts are at. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I want to be careful saying that. You can't, You can't, you know. I don't think, I don't know if you can, I don't think you're going to get by on oh, the casino with millions of dollars. <laughs> you may have trouble there. But you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean you got to be this or that. Just, you know, and you may be. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, you know, God's good. God's good. So here we go. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for your response here this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, I got a good 30, 40 minutes here. And uh, I know everybody's probably tired. and uh, Tired of hearing Generators and power saws and all that stuff, and you sure didn't want to come in here hear me screaming or doing this morning. But hallelujah! I probably sound better than them generators, though. Right. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise God! <laughs> I hope I give you a little more hope in that generator. Right. <laughs> hallelujah! <laughs> Amen. Praise God! And power saws too. Hallelujah! It's a sword. It's a word to cut your way out. Sometimes you got to cut your way out. Hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise God! Boy, we can, like, we can preach here, Dan. You like the lesson going along with some with our what we've experienced this week. Amen. Uh, you know, the, the getting out of your comfort zone. Anybody had to get out of your comfort zone? Amen. You had to change up a little bit. You had to do a little different. Amen. Anybody go to bed earlier than you normally do? That's one thing I liked about it. My wife accused me. Can y'all believe this? My wife accused me. She looked at me a few nights ago. She said, you know what? She said, I believe you could get off out of them woods somewhere to your shack and you'd be all right. Said, well, you know, sort of, kind of, not, you know, but in a way... You know, I, I personally, now this is just me. This is just me. Me, me, my son. When the sun goes down and gets dark, I can go to bed. When it comes up and it gets light, I'm ready to get up. That's right. You know, that's what God gave us that light for. Sleep when it's dark and work when it's light. Because it's coming to a time when no man can work. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, yeah. all that's, you might just make the best of it. You know, it's not as bad as we make it out to be sometimes. It, really, it's not. You know, I can remember a time we didn't have a generator. Amen. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was, I, was, I was small, but I remember Camille. Sure do. I still remember sitting on my, my, my grandpa and grandma where Joseph's house was built. And sitting on that front porch. They had just cleared all of that land between there and Highway 57. They had just cleared it. My daddy looks over at mama and says, well, one thing about it, it's got a wide open shot to us, don't it? <laughs> she didn't want to hear that. She was very fearful of bad weather. She didn't like that, but anyway, that didn't go too good. But I, I remember all that. But uh, anyway, and guess what? The government didn't come. We didn't get nothing from the government. Not a thing. If they did, I don't know it. Maybe I was too young. But anyway, you know what? We survived. We made it. And you know what? We're going to make it from this. We're going to do good. God's going to bless us. We're going to do good. All right. So We look at this, the burden of Nehemiah. Anybody ever had a burden? Especially from God. It's different. Not just... One that that you maybe, and there's nothing wrong with this because Scripture has taught us when you see there is an opportunity, a time, as opportunity allows it, and there is a burden or something that you can minister, do it, do it. You know, God shouldn't have to in every little thing send us a special whatever to burden us to do things for Him. Okay, so don't get the wrong idea here. But yet, these are burdens that we're talking about here. Uh, as we look at them. And we're going to talk about a few other characters in just a few minutes here this morning along with Nehemiah that deals with this burden. But you know when you receive one from God, it doesn't just simply go away. Amen. It, it lays with you and, and it, it may keep you up at night and stir you and move upon you when other things are going on. But yet you, you never really get away from that burden and that desire. And Amen. To, to first of all, as a representative to God, but then there is the need. There is the need of those and you're going to notice this burden even here. It's not just people, but you can have a burden of a place. Jerusalem, Nehemiah had a burden for the place, the sepulchre of his fathers, that was, was vulnerable here. The gates were burnt, the walls were torn down. And so, you know, the common practice, back then, and uh, uh, the, those tombs where several would be put into these tombs and caves like places. And so they were vulnerable and left open and for robbers and whoever to just do whatever they wanted to with them and things of that nature. And so so just there's a lot as you watch this from Nehemiah and what we're going to learn here today. And uh, uh, as we go into the focus thought, God places burdens on our hearts. Amen. Notice where he places them on our hearts. It's not just a physical thing that you get all worked up and get emotional about and it fizzles out. That's those, those type of burdens will just fizzle out. and uh, You know, it won't amount to nothing. But uh, uh, the burden that God places on your heart won't just fizzle out. Amen. It, it'll burn. And uh, uh, there may be times it's more uh, probing than at other times. But yet it never goes away until you submit to it, yield to it, give yourself to it. Amen. To accomplish that. And again, what's this. Uh, those burdens can be very, very large or even at times very small, just according to how you look at it. And uh, that burden can be for an individual. It could be for a family. It could be for a whole community. It could be for a, a com- uh, uh, county, uh, you know, so it can enlarge. And here, it, Nehemiah's was the people of Jerusalem, God's chosen people in this setting as he heard their condition when they came back. So as we watch this. Uh, the term burden itself is frequently used in Christian circles in relations to what the spiritual pool. a man someone feels for what a task a place a person a task place a person a man. So these burdens are, can be different, a man. Um, believe it or not, uh, it can even be of a business. That's the reason, young people, you need to sincerely seek the hand of God of your career that you can be most affected to represent Him by your career because you can help others. If I was a young man, I'm going to throw this out there. If I was a young man in this community, I would I would pursue uh, some kind of electric, electric electronical, uh, you know why? Because there's hardly no electricians in our community. Amen. Brother Randy can attest to this, that uh, uh, there's just not a, very many of them. There's not a whole lot of plumbers in our community and uh, things of like this. So there is a need. Now watch this. You can, if you ask God and if he tells you no, then don't do it. But if he says yes and opens opportunities and they come your way, then these are ways that you can do what? What's this? You are serving the community. As what? As a representative of Jesus Christ. So what we do, that's the reason it's important when we go out in the highways and the byways. I don't care if you're going to cut somebody's logs. Amen. Do it in the name of the Lord. You're a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you do it with a smile. Amen. <laughs> got to have a prayer meeting before we do all that, but nah. But, but again, <laughs> hallelujah, I'm, I'm telling you, all this, you know, it really works. And uh, so, as we watch some of this begin to unfold, it talks about, if you go back and look at the cultural connection, I'm sure some of you remember this, a man back in 2011, uh, a man that took place in Joplin, Missouri, uh, that tornado, uh, F5, it came through. Uh, some of you, I, I think, even made contact, I think Brother Randy made contact with a guy that was part of that and how that city you know, and when you read of that and, and how many lives they lost and, and they're still, even to this day, after 2011, they're still, you know, pursuing to rebuild. And, but, but take note of that. Watch this. Why, why, and this is one of the reasons I'm making mention of this, why would they do that? Same reason that some people living in other places was thinking, man, them folks down there in George County and Jackson and all them places, I don't know why in the world, why do they to live down there? Man, you know, have amongst some hurricanes. I, I'd move where you going to move to. California, well, earthquake's going to get you. I'm going to move to Missouri. Or a tornado is going to get you. I mean, you know, bottom line, this is home. So we're going to rebuild it. This is home. Now watch this. This is the reason the burden came so heavy upon Nehemiah. Because Jerusalem, the city, God had chosen this place. That was God's city. That was God's home upon this earth. That's the reason there's such even the turmoil and the battle of today over this city. And in Israel, it's God's chosen people he's got so you know we'll see this probably next week but uh, you'll see where he even uses that as an advantage Amen. to fight you know if you don't fight for yourself fight for your, for your wife fight for your children fight for your loved ones amen so we're going to rebuild because you know what we done went through a few we're going to rebuild and uh, 15 years from now uh, some of some will come along and they won't even know what a hurricane's about they'll look around won't hardly see any signs of one won't know anything about it But if you stay long enough, you will. (laughs) Praise God. But anyway, just an example. Why? Because somebody stayed and rebuilt. We just didn't get up, walk, move, and leave. I mean, that's sometimes that's the easiest thing. Sometimes we just like to wake up in a fairy tale world, you know, and say, "Well, all this is done." How many ever woke up in the morning time? Boy, I wish this was done and that was done and this over here was done. I wish I had all this done last week. (laughs) I'm sure a week ago, some of you would have loved to have what was done today done last Sunday. (laughs) Praise God. You know what? you got to wake up. Now watch this. Uh, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking for hands here, okay? Don't, don't, I'm not even insinuating that. But I promise you, some woke up last Thursday morning and became very depressed. and Struggled with it to, to at least a certain degree. And, uh, but if you, if you noticed, but once you get out and go to working and you get a few things accomplished, your spirit change, your attitude changes, And you look around, you, go, you start thinking, say, you know what? <laughs> This ain't gonna be as bad as I thought. We, we, this ain't. You know, we are gonna, gonna overcome this. You you cannot just call crawl up in a cave somewhere or go get in a, in in, in a room somewhere and or you know and just close the doors and say I'm not anymore. No, God, if you'll help me, if you'll strengthen me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my part, God, and I believe you'll help me, and then bless what we labor to accomplish and to achieve, Amen. And so. That same way spiritually. Now watch this. I know I'm shooting. I got short time. I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to be shooting. Okay. Uh, watch this. Now I'm talking a lot about material things here, and, and uh, possessions and things of that nature, which are very important. Okay, for comfort of life and things of life to go on. And but what about lives? What about our own lives, our own hearts and families and individuals of our families that may have made uh, wrong turns and faced things and and let maybe the devil. That can deceive and beguile. Come on, let's, let's don't forget that. That's what happened in the garden. And it's happened ever since. That's the reason Paul went back and visited churches. That he established and set up and taught the doctrine. To make sure that what? That the devil had not beguiled them. Had not lured them back into doctrines and false doctrines and things of that nature. He warned the Galatian believers. He said, who bewitched you? That means there was demonical forces and powers that was used through sorcerers and people of, of that nature that had bewitched them and powers, amen. And so what, you know, the responsibility you and I have, we're, we're taught in the Word of God that they have the spirit of meekness, want to restore a brother that's walked in the spirit of error. So that all, it works together as, as we watch us restore and rebuild. And, and you know what? Some things you have to do it, you know, sometimes you have to do it two or three times. Uh, I noticed some of you lost your power this morning and and believe it or not, they had trouble right over here and I didn't turn the air on or nothing. I'm trying to help out all we can to the very last minute and and they had two trucks over here going back up on the transformers and all of that and you know, so so you know what? Same way spiritually sometimes speaking, hallelujah, we, we have to go back and uh, because the enemy, amen, uh, maybe there was a moment, a time, we can say this personally we can say this for maybe a loved one or for a friend, amen that the, the shield of faith would not where it should have been, and that fiery dart found its mark. Hmm. I'm glad we got a house. I'm glad we got a God. We got a place. We got a family, a church family, that we can come with and join together. And find strength from one another. Encouragement from one another. That you know what? You can overcome this. You can be victorious. That's the reason we're warned so much in the scriptures about putting so much effort and time and energy into the possessions and materialistic things and not the spiritual. It's got to work together. That's the reason we're... we're, So watch this. As, As Nehemiah, before he makes any effort whatsoever... To get in direction of rebuilding those walls, and that. now watch, listen to what the writer even said about Nehemiah. He didn't criticize, he didn't run down. I'm not sure. I'm gonna go back and see if I can figure out, Amen. Just how long, and, and I, if I had a little more time, but anyway, uh, the, how many years had done elapsed, Amen, since the first ones had left out of Babylonian captivity? He could have easily said, "A bunch of lazy, sorry, no good for nothings." I'll tell you what, they ought to had them walls up and gates hung up. What's the matter with that bunch? I mean, it's a lot easier to do that. You know, and, and especially, you know, <laughs> especially if you don't have no intent of doing anything anyway. You know, it, it's amazing to me how, you know, all the guys and everybody's sitting, now I'm going to use this, you ain't like it, sitting in the bleachers and watching everything else go on. Right, get your hands up, boy, if he'd have done this, if he'd have done that, and We'll get you us up off of that bleacher and get down here and show us how it's done. That's my personal opinion about some of that stuff. You know, but anyway, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> amen. This, this same example, when you talk about burdens here, uh, it covers a lot of areas. And, and I'm just going to briefly touch just to give you a couple, amen, uh, of our father of faith gave, has helped us out. If you'll remember, watch this. Now, a lot. Uh, boy, I, I fell right in there, didn't I? Lot, a man was a nephew, a nephew that came along, not necessarily that God told Abraham to bring him, that we can see clearly by the scriptures, but from all accounts, he didn't jump down there and tell him not to bring him, and so here we go. So Lot's following Abraham, and I mean, who would you rather follow? at that point. I mean, he's coming out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, the idol worshiping place, and he's heard the voice of the true God, and so Lot's following him now, amen, and coming out, but Lot finds himself after making some bad choices in life, and finds himself going towards Sodom and Gomorrah. The first time you read about Abraham helping Lot is in Genesis the 14th chapter, and there's where the kings came up against them, five against the four, and they took Lot into captivity, took him as a prisoner, and then Abraham gets word of it. They bring word to Abraham and Abraham takes of his own men, his own chosen people, a man, uh, a soldiers and they go and rescue Lot and bring him back. And watch this. Lot, I mean, Abraham brings Lot back to Sodom. Back to that, that wicked, sinful place. See, some things you've got to make the decision about. Some things you've got to make up your mind. that I've got to get out of here. i got to get away from this. Abraham could have, you know, handcuffed. <laughs> I'm going to drag. Believe this or not, God doesn't force anybody to live for him. He's not. Now, there's all of us probably been at times, you know, when we pray through good. God, now's a good time. Just knock me in the head and let's get this over. (laughs) with. My chance is a whole lot better right now. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, Because of the earthen vessels and life and trials and challenges and things of that nature. And and so here we go. But later on in Genesis 18 chapter, you're going to read where the wickedness and the vileness of these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah and surrounding cities, had came up before God. And God, in this visitation, makes his way by to Abraham. Just a few chapters from that 14th chapter. And in that same chapter, he don't only just visit them, but he gives him, renews the promise that Sarah's going to have a son, which Sarah laughed about. We mentioned that a few weeks ago. And, but the latter part of that, when God's leaving and the angels are departing, and man, God said, you know, should I leave without telling Abraham what I'm fixing to do, where I'm going? And so we see this burden that gets a hold of Abraham as he makes his way before God in prayer. And he starts from that 50 and works his way down to 45 and 40 and 35, 30, 20, and right down to 10. in a prayer time as a burden for the city of Sodom And it wasn't just for Lot. If you listen to Abraham's prayer, that the whole city might be delivered. That the whole city would find mercy and grace. Oh, that happens in the New Testament too. Because, you know, sometimes when they throw the apostles into the prison, a man, even though they weren't guilty, guess what? When God brought them deliverance and caused the bands to be delivered from their hands and their jailhouses open, what's the Bible say? All of them. All of the prison doors are open. And they all could have walked out. But you know what? Nobody left. Who wants to leave the power and the presence of God? It's amazing when we just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost in our lives. And feeling that power and that presence. Amen. As we'll humble and yield ourselves to it. And this is where we find our help and our strength. And this is what he's talking about. So, as we we watch some of this... uh, we could also went and we could look at, at Moses. And I won't just, you know that story. You know all about it. But you know, even Moses argued with God. That, hey, there's no way I can do this. This burden. Now, there's some of this. The writer talks about comfort zone. I find it a little hard to find that Moses founded a comfort zone on the backside of a desert tended to sheep. In fact, if you watch some of the greatest characters in the Bible that became great leaders, spiritual leaders. They experienced spiritual encounters in certain in, in conditions like that on the backside of a desert. If he's on the backside of a desert, that means he had to go through the desert. I mean, likes going through deserts, and desolate places? And you read where with Abraham, he had to go up what? On Mount Moriah. It was a climb. to get to have this. So it's all of this. Now, what's this? All of this can either help us, make us better stronger and have greater confidence and faith in God? or we can allow it to cause us to become bitter and full of envy and strife. and huh. now I've had people tell me sometimes they say uh, well they'll use this scripture especially when they're in a difficult time and difficult situation and they'll say well God said he would put more on me than what I can bear God didn't put that on you <laughs> sometimes you've just picked it up <laughs> I didn't have no intent. and guess what and God probably, you know, he's basically got told the goes, probably went, ah, eh, ah. Eh. It's kind of like that little baby, you know. <clears throat> you go, ah, eh, ah. Eh. And they look at you. <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> so sometimes, same way with us and living for God. And, and so, you know, the whole time, God's saying, mm, uh, wait. Uh, uh. And, you know, sometimes it can be a season. There is a time for it. But you can't rush it. Neither can you drive. You, I told Nehemiah now, he helps us out with that. He doesn't immediately just, you know, he don't just, you know, uh, as soon as he heard about the condition of the walls and the city and the people, how they was distressed and afflicted. I mean, they was downhearted. And now the walls are down, the, the gates are burnt. He doesn't immediately... Just take it on his own. And go running into the king. I mean, I'm the cupberry, I'm somebody. I'm holding position. But I got some pie. That's what you call politicians. That's the reason we in a mess. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you for that one amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I know everybody. Will, well. A lot of people want not bring preachers. Oh yeah. There's enough preachers out there. That's causing enough mess. But if they're God called. And God sent an anointed of God, you just listen to him, And you obey them. And it'll work out. Okay? They, if they preaching, teaching, doctors, that back, this will back it up, you'll be all right. Now, if they get outside of this, you don't have to, you don't, you, you don't have to, just don't pay it, don't teach Anyway, I didn't mean to get on. I'm trying to not jump rabbits here, but I'm doing my best here. But anyway, amen. So, Nehemiah, as you watch this really begin to unfold in his life and the positions that he takes, the actions uh, now, notice the writer, he mentions that. He talks about, amen, a burden, a burden. You know, some burdens, there's some burdens. All you can do, pray about it. But you know, and there's nothing wrong. That's good. If you sincerely pray about it. You know, don't just get, get that person out of your face and away from you. You say, well, I'm going to pray about it. And it never crosses your mind or heart again. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's not going to get much results. But if you're sincere about it, and God knows, you know, and, and He puts it, and in your time of prayer, you sincerely pray about it. There can be some results made from that, from just praying. Because there are times, amen, that you and I, that the best we can do is to pray about it. But if we, the, the Bible says the earnest prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so with earnestness and with sincere prayer, amen, hallelujah, you can get results. Now, I don't believe that uh, these prayers sometimes that, you, you know, we just kind of, you know, lay me down to sleep and kind of half-heartedly, or, you know, uh, you, you don't get much results. That's kind of like, you know, when you're in a, a dire need, amen, you know, and uh, you, you're drowning. And, you know, you come up top of the water and he's, help. Help. Oh, no. I come top of that water, buddy. You're going to know it. I want everybody to know it's anywhere around. Help. That's what Blind has done. Thy son of David, have mercy upon them. Hey, he was screaming pretty loud because some of them tried to quiet him down, buddy. I mean, he, he was rattling their heads. That's how we feel sometime in church, huh? Praise God. Man, I feel good this morning. I feel good this morning. Hallelujah. How do you like that, devil? We feel good this morning. We, we're not down and out and depressed and wondering what we're going to do. God's got this thing mapped out and rolled out on. Hey, the devil's not the one that's the author of our lives. Jesus Christ is the author of our lives and the finisher. So we don't have to fret and worry about tomorrow and then all that other stuff. Amen. God's got it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Here we go. What's watch Nehemiah's prayer? What's the first thing he does? He starts a prayer of repentance. Now, watch him. He didn't blame God. God, we got ourselves in this mess. He included himself and his fathers. Listen to what he says. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days. The best I can tell if you listen to the, the, the month that he gave in the first scripture, the first chapter, and the month he gave in the second chapter, the first verse, there's at least three if not four months elapsed from the moment that Nehemiah Heard about it before he he goes back before the king and petitions the king. So he's spending some three to four months in prayer and fasting and seeking the hand and the direction of God. He didn't just be, wouldn't just smoke with that burden and then just take it on his own and just gonna oh I gotta have some direction from God and some 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 help from God and and so. He fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. Terrible there actually means awesome if you'll look that up. Amen. That keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Notice what he said there. Hey, when you know that you're living right, you're doing right, you're doing your best. And you're keeping the commandments and the doctrine of this book. That gives you leverage. I don't care what people says about that. They think what they want to That gives you leverage. And God wants you to remind him. That moves him. I can't remember who it was. Somebody just told me in the last week or two. Anyway, they was talking about a minister. They went to a wedding. And apparently he had spent some money on that wedding. And um, he told him, I think, in that wedding. He he told, because you know how how people are. But anyway, he said, let me tell you all something. He said, and he named his daughters by name, said, I never went to jail and got her. I never had any problems out of any kind of alcohol or drugs or any of that. I have never had to spend one penny toward any of that, which could have been thousands of dollars. We all know that, okay? And that happens, okay? I'm not, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that. He says, so, so don't worry about what I've spent for this. She deserves it. So just give you, guess what? Your heavenly father feels the same way. So as we obey him and walk with him and keep, and so this is what Nehemiah knew. Nehemiah, I mean, he knew enough about Moses. Listen to what he said here. him. So he knew that God was a God that what? He'll keep covenant and he'll keep promises. And so he's going to, he's going to, that's really so important to know what this Bible says, not what man says. Amen. He that rightly divides the word of truth, not the Bible. Okay. There's a lot of people dividing this Bible. But they don't have a clue what it's really saying. And there is a difference. He said, I the Lord commandments, let thy ear now be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayers of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night. Now, buddy, he had done got serious about this. He was praying about it day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, not just myself, as a servant. But I'm praying down now for Israel, thy servants. It's not just about me. It's about Israel. It's about all of us now. (laughs) And confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments and all the statues and all the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Hey, we're the ones that messed up, God. We're the ones that walked in the spirit of error. We're the ones with the stiff neck and the rebelliousness and, and causes. You warned us. You warned us. You sent prophet after prophet. And you, you, you see what I'm saying? Here's the deal. Sometimes in trials and and storms and difficult times, we're pronged and subject to start blaming. Okay? Uh, You know, certain trials in life can put a lot of strain on relationship. And without God's help, amen, uh, mending and holding and comforting, it's hard for that relationship to continue okay i I've, I've you know it I know it you take parents that lose a child if they're not careful and, and their love for one another and for God, amen, if they're not careful right down the road they'll because of the pain and the heartache and the, the trial of that it's it's a pain that's it's hard to explain it's hard to you know it, it's just it's not the common you know so so this this what happens so so as we watch some of this that's the reason we, we, we must pray hey in difficult trials and things you and I we need to pray all the time okay but I'm telling you when you're when you know that a burden's been given to you and a and you're facing a very difficult situation amen that's it's very important to pray like, we have dealt very corruptly against thee have dealt uh, kept not thy commandments statutes and judgments which the commands of thy servant Mo, remember I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thou servant. Moses saying, "If he transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations." But what's the next one? The next verse. It's, it's, I, I knew it's, you're going to scatter us. You're going to put us. But watch. But if he turn unto me, and keep now, this is saying, God. But you said, "If we will turn unto you, if my people humble themselves, turn from their wickedness, and pray, I'll heal their lands." That hasn't changed. That now watch this. Now through Jesus Christ as our high priest. All of this was given to the nation of Israel. And to the, the Israelite people. But now through Jesus Christ as our high priest. That's right down to every individual. <laughs> Praise God. Yet will I gather them from thence. And will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set th- my name there. So he said hey this is your will God. This is in the the book. This is Moses has wrote about this. I know without a a waver, without a doubt, what I'm asking for, what I'm praying for, is God's will. It's God's purpose. He's got the scripture to back it up. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayers of thy servant, to the prayers of thy servants servants. Who desire to fear thy name, which is to reverence? Notice this beautiful prayer. Now, now Nehemiah prays often through this, this these writings here. Okay, and there's a, there's a dispute among the uh, scholars. Some some, but most believe that Nehemiah wrote, if not all the the most proportion of this Nehemiah's writings. Ezra probably had a hand. If if We didn't get to do Ezra, but anyway, I don't have time to go on that. I'm sorry. I'm going to move on from that. Okay. For let thy ear be attentive to the prayers of thy servant. And then when you get to the second chapter, before he ever goes in, now I told you, three or four months, if you look at that next verse, and now the 20th year of the new king that's set up and he's his cup barrier for Kim. And I want you to notice something about that that was brought out. Amen. man as a cupbearer that also made Nehemiah his protector. How would that be? That means that anybody was out to try to poison the king, that Nehemiah was a cupbearer, so he was the one that had to taste the wine and make sure that it wasn't poisoned. It's kind of like our secret service for our president. If need be, they become a body shield for him at whatever cost. That's what they're trained. That's your job. That's your obligation. And they'll do it. They'll do it at the drop of a hat. And so Nehemiah now is a cupbearer. He is also a protector of the king. So that's the reason the king knew in his servant how faithful he was unto him and how oft he had come into his presence. And we're going to learn this again today with what? The right countenance. Actually, it's so important to when we come into the house of God and we go through the prayer room. That's the reason we go through the prayer room. We, we condition our minds, our hearts and spirit. We try to get some things later. Because, hey, come on, we are. We've been bombarded with, with 700 things on my mind. And so the best thing we we'll do is go through that prayer room. It's kind of like a filtering. a man Of our hearts, our minds and spirit and conditions us. That when we walk in here, uh, we will not have near the struggle with sleeping. We'll have near the struggle. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Praise God. I love you. I know you're tired. I understand. You're not bothering me. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. I got up at five this morning. <laughs> so, you know, I can't have more time to get ready. So, I mean, you know, hallelujah. So, praise God. But I'm up here moving around and doing. So, if you need to get up, you ain't going to bother me. You can get up, walk around. And do I'd rather you do that and stay awake and listen than fall out on the carpet. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you this morning. We really do. I'm just going on with you. Yeah, hey, I, I know it's been a trying week, uh, but anyway, as you as you watch this really begin to unfold in this second chapter, the king said unto him, "Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing there art not sick." He knew you're not sick. The king picked up quickly that hey, this is a heart. This is a heart condition. This is not a physical condition. See, there is a difference. If you come in here with a physical sickness, you have a reason. For your countenance. But if you're not sick. And your countenance is still. Then it's a heart problem. Bombshell. But it's the truth. It's the truth. And the scriptures told us. That if a heart condemns us. That God's is greater than a heart. If we're willing to repent. And make true Confession. If we're sick, guess what? He can heal us. Because I believe a miracle can happen in this place. And not just in the place. I believe a miracle can happen in my life, in my body, in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. I believe a miracle can be activated. And you know what? If it don't happen in this service, I believe it can be activated. And on its way. Our response and actions in the house of God. Because Nehemiah needed a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. He needed some help. And I'm talking about a lot of it. To go to take on the task he's fixing to take on. So as he approached the kings. And, and so he realizes, you know, that his sorrow. Amen. What it was. And, and you know, even Nehemiah. Notice, again, you're going to notice where Nehemiah prays of scriptures. Because he's writing this now. And he says, boy, he said, I pray. You know why? Because you could come into the king. It was a very dangerous thing to come to King with a sad countenance. It could cost you your job, or your life. Your position. Oh, praise God. I don't lose out my call with God. I'm a place with him. That's reason, you know. And you, you, you know, people say what they want to of it. Uh, I don't believe in coming here being a fake but neither am I gonna let spirits and attitudes get a hold of me, especially before church time. Don't tell me the devil won't try you. You know, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, Saturday mornings don't seem to have much, you know, whatever. But for some reason, Sunday mornings. Amen. If I'm gonna get it in with my wife or my kids or with somebody, just, what's the deal with Sunday mornings? I tell you what, it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm so the enemy's trying his best to get you all out of sorts before you ever come back to be in the presence of the king, because he don't want you to hear the words of the king. He don't want you to hear the instructions of the king. He doesn't want you to have the favor and the mercy of the king. We do believe he's the king of kings and lords of lords, right? We do believe that he's interceding right now as a high priest and, and that he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, right? That's all scripture. That he could be moved upon our behalf in this service. Just that quick. Just like lightning. This God can be moved. in our behalf. So here is Nehemiah. He comes in before that king. And he knew it was a very dangerous thing for himself. But as the scripture goes on, you're going to see. And so he said unto the king, let the king live forever. Watch his response. Let the king live forever. King, it has nothing to do with you. You're an awesome, you're a mighty king. You've been a great king. Let the king live forever. (laughs) I hope you didn't miss that. That's whenever the world's coming out from under you and it seems like there's devils are stacked up behind you, but you still walk in this house. But king, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're my savior. You're my blesser. Yeah, I lost my seven kids and I've lost that and I've lost this and I lost. but I didn't lose you. Hallelujah. And you know what? I'm going to love you. I'm going to worship you. I'm back, my out. All right, we could come in here and. I'm not trying to be harsh, but at the same time, I've got to be honest. If I can get up and go to work and be on top of the world five and six days out of the week, but it seems like I can't get up and make a 10 o'clock service to worship God. You see what I'm saying? The only difference is you getting a paycheck for them other days. We're getting an eternal check for this one, though. You can't buy this one. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. And silver and gold can't buy it. Or nothing else can. So, there's a lot to learn from this. When You get to digging into it. Nehemiah is setting us a pattern. He's giving us an example. Amen. This burden is put. Now, watch this. God's working on the king's heart, too. And it's in parentheses, but you know what? The queen was sitting beside him. And I can just imagine, you know, you know how, you know how you ladies are. She might have nudged him and said, hey, he ain't sick. Hey, some melt wrong, buddy. Wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the, 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 you know, maybe Nehemiah, you know, and she knew. Because he's been a servant for a while. And so as this begins to unfold, and he's making about his countenance, and when the city and the place no of my father's shepherd layeth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Now, now watch this. All of this is afar off somewhere else. What if this storm we just went through had happened in uh, Florida, Texas? How would we respond to it? That's the same way sometimes, and, and you know, i bring it right back to this. You know, Just because it's not our baby doesn't mean that we shouldn't respond. Show compassion, concern, and it, at least try to do what we can. And I know we can't do everything. We're not God. There's only one God. We're not Him. But on the other hand, if we're not careful, and that's what it's talking about. When it's a burden from God, it doesn't just slip away from you. It's, it's there with you. It starts riding with you. And, and now, you, you're just going to pray about it. Watch this. After about three to four months of praying and fasting and weeping and crying over it, now Nehemiah's taking on actions. And he prayed about this. If you go back to that first chapter, that latter part of that first chapter, uh, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thy ear be attentive to the prayers of thy servant and to the prayers of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Do you think he was talking about? So Nehemiah prayed before he ever made his way to the king that I could find some mercy and grace and some direction, some help from this king. For I was the king's cupbearer. So we see he prayed prior before he ever goes into that with earnest, sincere prayer. God, you put this on me. You're gonna to have to make away. And so sure enough. So Nehemiah requests. It starts with his request here. I know my time's up, but let me just take a moment. Anyway, you know the here, here's the request. He began to ask, you know, in a situation. So he said to send the king, if it please the king, king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, notice if it please the king, and if I found favor in thy sight, thou would ascend me unto Judah. Now watch this. He's, he's held captive. He's a captive. That's like that's like somebody that's in jail at George County Jail, and, and you know he's got the rights. You know he can kind of get out of jail and serve folks and do all this stuff. You know, uh, you know what they call them guys. You know, see him out serving anyway. Anyway, anyway, this guy, and all of a sudden he comes up for the judge. He says, "Hey, Judge, my daddy's up. Hey, Amen. The grave ain't been taken care of, and the house is coming apart, and all this other stuff. I'd like permission to let me go." That changes the ball game there, doesn't it? Let me deliver out of jail and all this stuff so I can go and take it. Oh, boy, this, this thing changes a little bit now, doesn't it? Huh. I've been your cup and I, I know I'm captive. I'm held captive. I'm just a captive. Amen. But I'm asking to be delivered right along with the rest of them just done. I want to be set free. See, that's what repentance is all about. God, I want to be delivered and set free of these habits, these chains, and these fetters. It's got a hold of me, so I can be your servant, so I can be about your business. That's the reason we have to watch the spiritual world, even after the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the call of God upon our lives, because there's other spirits that are going to come in and try to captivate us and hinder us. So. So it's a different story. I want to go. I want to be the one that's that's I'm asking for that. Next verse begins to talk about uh, moreover he said to the king, Let letters be given to me, the governors beyond the river. And the notice he's making this request now, he's praying about it. God's been quickening him. He said, King, I need you to write me some letters to those those governors across the river where the, the man that's over all the forest, I need some beams. I'm going to need some beams to hang back up there. I need all this stuff. I need some letters. And, and he, You know what? He doesn't stop there. Actually, the king blesses him. He grants all that, gives him the letters, but he goes a step further. He gives him a lieutenant, and an army, and all that to go with him. Protect him and help him. We're promised angels that can walk with us. Not only the presence of God and the word of God but angels that can walk with us. They can help us. That's the reason that the Bible talks about time after time with Joshua and other one. Fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not. God didn't want us to walk and face tomorrow with fear and all this. No, God's going to walk with us. God's going to help us. God's going to comfort us and guide us. What you and I need to do is just pray, God, help us do this your way. Help us handle this. Respond to this like you would have us to do it. Because our confidence is in you anyway. It's, it's, it's not in man. Not, not per se man. But it's in Jesus Christ. We can stand. Let's stand together. I know my, I'm passing my time up here. And um, I'm, I'm sorry I hadn't really got to the point. But watch this. Now after he even gets there. You know he, he has the beast. He's got all this. He didn't tell nobody. Did you, y'all catch that? He didn't tell anybody. Did not tell what God had put in his heart? He didn't tell any of them. He gets and for three days, I, I don't know what he'd done for three days, but he's, the Bible said he was there for three days. Then he gets on the beast at night. He starts making his way and in, inspecting the walls. But could it be that the three days that he's there, he was listening to all of them that was ahead of him and picking up on their attitudes and their spirit and what was going on in their lives? And then on that third night, he goes and he starts inspecting the walls. And two of the gates that are mentioned, if you'll notice, one of them called a serpent gate, other than called a dung gate. If they got it right, that means that was the water supply, and you know what a dung gate ought to be. Okay. What's something you really needed in the last week? We didn't have hot water, but thank God we had water. That we didn't have to depend on just a little jug or going down to the spring and getting a bucket. But we could crank up a generator and plug it in and the old pump would still work. Well, is that really important? Yeah, about midnight when you need to go to restroom. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> you want to deposit, but it needs to go a lot further than just you deposit it. <laughs> okay? So watch this. The front of the first gates he takes a visit by and examines. And finally reaches a point and place that his animal can't even get through. He has to crawl off the animal, climb through the rubble and all this other junk. But you know what? He not get he didn't get he didn't get down and out and depressed about it. And my goodness, I never dreamed it's gonna be this much. What have I got myself into? Ask Brother Ford. I want y'all to ask Brother Ford about that. Ask Brother Ford about it. Y'all just ask him what happened Wednesday evening. He told me he's going to quit hanging around me. Y'all just ask him. I'm not going to tell you nothing. You just ask him. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. But uh, uh, whenever he got through examining all that and come back, he'd come back. But you know what? He'd come back with some good words, some good tidings. He began to tell the people what he had and had access to. And it encouraged all the folks. And watch this: when you have a mind to work, i say this. You know one thing that's wrong with America? She's losing a mind to work. She'd rather she'd rather sit at the house and send me about a third what I could earn. I didn't know it, but they told me yesterday. <laughs> My brother called me. He said, uh, "He said all that trash and all." He said, "Hey, they tell you to put it outside the road." I said, beside the road." If I'd put all that trash that was on this property beside that road, I yonder, they would nobody would be able to get in and out. That's the second pile. I can show you a little picture of the first one. <laughs> Side road. I said I piled it up right back there. I said I don't know when they're gonna pick that up. I said the first pile's gone, and the good Lord will help me by next Wednesday that second pile'll be gone. I'm not waiting on the government to come pick it up. I said, besides that, if I was over it, I'd tell everybody to burn their own trash, and we'll take that money and put somebody's roof on. But I'm not over it. I'm not, I'm not the one in it, but uh, that's what I do. But anyway, I know they can't do that town. I'm getting in trouble. Lord have mercy. But I'm just telling you the way I think, you know, because we wouldn't raise that way. We wouldn't raise on waiting on and be waited on and this and that. No. If there's something to get there and just get after it and do the best you can, and you know what? In a few days, it'll be over with. It'd be done. And so that's where we're at, you know. A few years from now, we won't even know. Don't worry, that awning it's not going nowhere. <laughs> and we're going to figure out how to fix it. First report I got on it, I told him, I said, well, I said, it may be a blessing in disguise. I said, it's awful rusty looking already. So we may get a chance to repaint it, make it fix it, fix it real nice for its so own way. We'll see. We're not going to depend on the insurance, though, because they ain't going to help us. I mean, they will. We just got to pay the first 20000 I'm telling you how that is. <laughs> so you know what? We'll do something. Time coming. You know what? I'm praying about that too. I said, Lord, help me with this. Thing. What can you know? What, what can be done? Now, what's this? First thing, I thought the legs was wrong. I know this. You may think it. Just hang on with me. Those legs, if they'd have been turned this way, they'd have held a whole lot more pressure. Because we ain't worried about pressure from that direction or this direction. Because there's a church on this side and a fellowship part on that side that's blocking those two directions. That's the reason it's so important you and I as elders, spiritually speaking, to make sure we get on each side of them, you converts, and block off some of those things that's coming until they get where they can stand and where they can handle the... Oh, now, preach it to you. Now watch this. On the other direction, you know, one of the things I thought about we could do. Next time, let's just don't put them sides up. Now I know we said to get wet, but how many times do we get wet compared to what we've got to do now? Now, the first one of you donate 20000 on it, we'll put two sides on it. We'll do whatever you want. to <laughs> do. Oh, isn't it, isn't it fun to live for God? I mean, my goodness, it's just fun to live for God. Love you this morning. I'm just going to close. I know it's time up. And Brother Sanford's supposed to be with us tonight, and uh, he's actually preaching somewhere else, and they only had one service. So he called, and I told him, come on. Uh, he found out we had a hurricane. And he actually called me on the way home, and, and uh, anyway, I told him I was trying to get home, and but anyway, it worked out. I told him, come on. It'll be all right. We had, we'll have church. So anyway, so he's supposed to be here. Love you. Appreciate you. Hopefully something's been said today. You felt a presence. Uh, I'm telling you, God moved to begin this service, really. Any miracle you needed. Anything you need. Hey, it, so, so believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Okay? I believe God done some awesome things here. Touching some lives and touching some hearts. And you know what? He's going to be back tonight. Huh? You're going to be back Let's be back. Let's be back and just lift our hearts and voices to the Lord and our spirits. And, hey, there's no telling what God might just do in this service tonight. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.